This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Warning. This podcast discusses difficult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The word vigilante is complex. It can seem black and white. But today, we aim to take you into the gray. I just have to explain something. So you know how some people like warm up, they do vocal warm up? Yeah, we do not. No, no, we do something different. And I love it. (laughs) And I think probably we mentioned it before, but we we love hot sauce. Avrin, by the way, this is Vanya. Hi. Hi, Vanya. Avrin loves hot sauce to a place where it's sort of dangerous. Like you can't quite trust. I mean, I trust her in everything, (laughs) but maybe her level of hot sauce. I'm like, are you sure I can handle it? Right. I've definitely, I'm not allowed to pick out or tell anyone (laughs) if a jalapeno pepper is spicy when we're like cooking food. If someone's like, is this a spicy one? And I say, no, they're like, no, ask someone else. No, it's true. But I, I also, I I like spicy, Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, who doesn't, right? It makes you feel alive. Yeah. If it doesn't hurt, are you even I know. feeling are, anything? Are you, are you really eating anything at all yeah. if it doesn't burn? So to warm up before we started here t- this evening, it's a evening uh, recording because my kids are being real <laughs> tonight. So <laughs> anyways, so I was like, I got to wake up. I got to do something. So we took one of the hottest sauces with the Scoville mm-hmm. level of like, it was a couple, it was like a hundred, couple hundred thousand Scoville. Yeah, it was, it's spicy even for me. Like, and we put on a piece of chicken. And we popped that. We took like a shot of hot sauce, basically, with a chicken chaser. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, just, uh, you know, uh, life hack. Number... If you hear one of us <laughs> sniffling, it's, be- it's because of hot sauce. It actually went up my nose, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to be fine. I don't think I have COVID. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. I really, I, I okay, don't, I don't like, worry. I, no. I hope you don't think you have. <laughs> but you know, whenever you feel anything these right. days, and it's I like. And I feel like I feel all the things every day. I know. I'm like, I'm very fatigued and I'm, I don't know, is my, is my, is my nose running? I know. Why do I sneeze? Oh, allergies. Like. True. I took a nap today and I, everyone am not a napper. I'm one of those people who wake up from a nap pissed. Yeah. I'm just not a napper. And 
I needed it. I needed it. I went to bed at like one last night and then, cause my husband and I couldn't, we couldn't turn off our brains. We went to this crazy, uh, stranger things drive through, which sounded so it cool. was, it was really cool, but I couldn't turn my brain off once we got, once we got home and the lovely Avern, because we were potting, watched the kids or, you know, hung out with my daughter who probably tortured you. I'm so sorry. No, she was fine. We played with LOLs and, <laughs> you know, went, went shopping in a in an Amazon cardboard box. Aww. It was delightful. I mean, she loves you so much. Oh, but I love your kids. They're great. So, so but the, we didn't go to bed till like one or so. Honestly, I think we turned the lights off at one and I got on my phone and I'm like, I'm just going to sh- online shop, but not buy anything. Just look. And I do that all the time. It, I, and then I put, you put things in the back. Bad, yeah, and you know, just don't check out, and it makes you feel good. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, that's that'll, what I did last night. Be there next time I go on the For site. Like an hour, so I might have wow. gone to bed at two. Well, I also stayed up really late last night because I think I didn't leave here until a little before eleven, and then I witnessed a car accident on oh my, my drive home. God. Which, in and of itself, as far as I could tell, because I slowed and I, you know, saw several other cars pulling over. It didn't look like anybody had been severely injured. I didn't even. I couldn't really tell even if anyone had been injured. But the what cars. Happened? Well, it was like, you know, one car coming towards me and then the car in front of me, luckily so far in front of me that I was not ever in danger of like slamming on to not hit them and then getting rear-ended right. or anything. Scary. But um it looked almost like some the the car coming towards me maybe like swiped the side of oh, the car heading Okay, I get it. right in front of me and it turned the car. I didn't flip the car over or anything, but the car like spun Jesus. like donut style and then I could see like the smoke coming from the, you know, I'm assuming the engine or something. Maybe the tires too. Or the tires blew or I don't know, maybe when an airbag pops out and hits you in the oh, face there's like shit. Oh my god, something. that is my nightmare. But oh. so anyway, I got home and even though obviously all I did was see this happen. I don't think I've ever actually seen a car accident That's happen. Scary. And so I was a little bit like shook and my yeah, adrenaline was scary. <laughs> was racing. And so I too was up until about 1.30 oh, just home. because I, good and good I was home. watching a show with my husband that normally I would be like, can we not, it's tired and my brain doesn't want to read. So maybe no subtitles, oh, but yeah. because my brain was That's so like, I'm, I'm awake. Let's watch it. Yeah, you're like, and it was a good show. It's I can't remember what it's called, but it's like No Man's Land on Hulu. It's new, and it's, oh, I don't it's know. really interesting about like a, a woman army fighting ISIS. So mm. really, actually on brand. Oh, too for us. I love. It. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. and I definitely want to watch that. Um, I'm glad you're okay, but that is scary. Yeah, Adren- I think I had adrenaline for not the same reason because. I uh, I have claustrophobia, everyone. And so we did this, like, it was actually really cool. And I think it was intended to be for Halloween, but because they let, like, my husband works with the company that makes uh, the Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. So they let the employees of the company go that night. Anyways, you it's really fun in the beginning. It's all 80s. And then you go into this, like, what are they called? Like a parking garage, right? Like a for multi-level reason, parking yes, garage. Yeah. Like a big one. And I'm, and there are probably 600 cars and I'm like, all oh, I can think is what if there's a earthquake and oh my God, I have to pee, even though I just peed. Right. But like, I always have to pee when I know I can't pee. My brain tricked me. It's messed up. Anyway. So I stayed up. I was really tired this morning because the kids wake up at six, but they also came in at like four. So mm-hmm. I probably got like only two hours of sleep. So it makes sense why I need a nap. Yeah. I do. I don't think I have a COVID. nap was, re- was required, <laughs> but yeah, it's, the, it's, you know, the unknowing, the, you know, like the, the uncertainty. uncertainty, they talk about that in war, okay. like, you know, in war times that 
tortures you just as much of, or like the uncertainty of a drone flying over, like that right. tortures you just or as being... Or stepping on like a landmine. Exactly. Or, so I'm not saying, but we're COVID not times obviously suck, dealing though. with the same. It, it, but I it's, feel we're definitely dealing with uncertainty. And that's hard, even for the kids. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, one more little thing before we start. My son, he's three. He just turned three. And his speech is like, he's talking up a storm. And we were like, okay, buddy, you got to eat your whatever sweet potatoes. And he, and we were like, he was like, why? And we're like, because of this. I'm like, come on, you can do it. And he, and I'm like, well, why don't you want to eat it? And he goes, because of the pandemic. <laughs> and that's his thing now. Everything is I because can't of do the pandemic. It because of the pandemic. Yeah. And he said it again today about something. And I'm like, okay, it was cute like the first couple right. times, but now. You're like, you don't get to throw COVID in my face. No. <laughs> Eat your carrots. Yeah, please, for, for fart's sake. Yeah. I need you to be healthy. I'm trying to right. keep, like you need fiber in your body. Yeah. I hate The pandemic this. stops us from doing things we really want to do, not yeah. from, it doesn't make it so that we don't have to do things we don't right. want to do. Like, I mean, I'm I guess sorry. it depends. If you're smart, you could twist it and you have smart kids. So. That's true. That's true. So there's that. That's amazing. <laughs> this uh, episode today is pretty good. It's pretty intense. Yeah, should so, we do our little like you're Vanya? And oh yeah, Avrin, yeah, yeah. So we can do our fun whisper. Well, are you ready? Hi everyone. I'm Vanya. Hi, I'm Avrin. And this is Rom Crime Vigilante. 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. So we are on fire about this, man. Vigilante is good stuff. I, I wish that we could vigilante COVID. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be br- just that would so be baller? I mean, I had some like really cheesy, bad, like spy movie versions of using COVID to vigilante other things. Remember, oh, like, where yes. I was like, but I don't think I should get too political on this. Right, so, right, right. But anyway, yes. I don't wish anyone <laughs> harm in any real way, but for like a spy movie starring Jessica Chastain. Sure. Because she plays lobbyists a lot and spies a lot. She does. And I was going to combine the two. I feel like you could, you are a, a younger Jessica Chastain type. Oh, well, thank you. You really are. Let's That's, make it. Okay. All right. Forget we said anything. Yeah, forget it. I'm, we're going to come out, out with a really cool screenplay. And okay, okay, so I'll just get started with the backstory. I love it. So the story that we're going to tell you today is actually one of the most, I think when you Google like vigilante now, uh-huh. this story comes up kind of top of the list because it's crazy. Yeah. And it took place in Juarez, Mexico which is a border town. So Juarez is about two miles from El Paso, Texas. So it's a 10 minute or a two mile drive, 10 minute drive, I think, or a two mile drive. And right. if you on foot want to cross like the bridge that is the border, it's a 10 minute walk. Wow. And they think of them almost like they're like twin cities. It's like they're, they're right next to each other huh. with a tiny little 10 minute walking bridge in between. Um, Juarez is has a population of around 1.3 million people. Okay. And in 2010, during the peak of the drug cartel wars, more than 3,000 murders were reported in 2010, Dang. earning Juarez, Mexico, the title of murder capital of the world. Dang. Now, in 2018, it had dropped down to fourth place. Wait, what was, do you know what was number one? Um. I think it was somewhere um, in Venezuela. Oh, interesting. But they do say that on the list of the 50 cities around the world globally that have like the highest murders per capita or whatever, 15 of them are cities in Mexico, which is far more than oh, any other so country. Rough. So there's there's definitely an issue in not just Juarez, but in Mexico in general with, um, well, 
drug cartels are the biggest part of it. And then also like police corruption or police being. So when they bust up drug cartels, Mm -hmm. what a lot of them do. I did read this. I didn't write this down. This wasn't even part of my notes, but I knew I was going to riff because I read so many things. (laughs) A lot of them then like applied to become police officers after their drug cartels were taken down. Like the main guy would be stopped and they'd be like, oh crap, I'll just become a police officer. So yeah. In 2018 though, the murder rate had gone down enough to only place Juarez as the fourth most murderous city in the world. Um, But with COVID-19 restrictions and lockdowns in place starting in 2020, Juarez has seen an alarming rise in homicides, many of which are now related to domestic violence, not just the cartel. Oh, no. So along with the global pandemic, Mexico has been dealing with, for a while, like at least a decade, if not more, a second pandemic, femicide, which just funny side note, our friend Shane is visiting and we went on like a little social distance walk um, over by the horses and by the LA oh, river yeah. tonight to watch the sunset. And we were just talking about podcasts and he was like, oh, I meant to tell you, I've been reading about this new-ish phenomenon called femicide. And I screamed and like jumped up and down and was like, wait a minute and pulled out my phone. And I was like, look at my notes like, for the story I've we're doing tonight. Been- I've been doing nothing but reading about femicide. So, but it's a newish thing. It's you an, said. It is a newish thing. So, femicide is generally understood to involve intentional murder of women solely because they are women, and more broadly, it it defines it, the definition includes killings of women or girls. Mm-hmm. So, not just grown women. Um, most femicides are committed by partners or ex-partners and involve ongoing abuse in the home, threats or intimidation, sexual violence, or situations where women have less power or fewer resources than their partner, according to the World Health Organization. Okay. So femicide or feminicido in Spanish has been a federal federal crime in Mexico since 2012. Um, cases in Mexico of femicide have increased by 137% in the last five years. But the term femicide really came into being because you know there's like matricide and patricide which mm-hmm. is like the murder of your mother or father right. um fratricides your brother okay keep okay. going but okay. Femis- okay. like but femicide is like the murder of women because they're women and that's the sole reason actually kind of became a thing because of how frequently women in all across the world honestly but largely in um latin countries have have been like, it's just an overwhelming number. And the reason for it appears to be that they're women. So Hmm. like many nations, Mexico has a long, sad history of violence against women. Um, In the nineties and early two thousands, the murder of more than 400 girls in and women in Juarez shone a light on basically what was a national crisis that had been going on. Um, And then from an article from the BBC from May of 2016, it says, The machismo culture is all pervasive in Mexico, and many think its emphasis on male pride is a contributing factor in the high rates of violence against women that Mexico is experiencing. It is estimated that nine out of 10 women in Mexico have been subjected to sexual violence either on the streets or at home. So if you don't know what machismo is defined as is a strong or exaggerated sense of manliness, an assumption attitude that virility, courage, strength, and entitlement to dominate are attributes or concomitants. I don't know if that's how you say that. Concomitants Uh, are attributes of masculinity. (laughs) And so machismo is kind of built in much like we've been talking about the 
patriarchal societies where like it's the man's responsibility to like make the money and protect the family. So machismo kind of, it adds one thing to that. Basically being masculine means that you are entitled to dominate anyone who isn't masculine. Yeah. And that to me seems like a definition of a toxic masculinity, which is hurting everybody. And it's hurting the men too. Oh, I mean, listen, I, I definitely want to, murder every man out there who kills a woman because i that's just to me so awful i i just don't want anyone to hurt anyone makes me mad it's incredibly frustrating i will say that i feel like lately i've become sort of obsessed with the why actually not lately i'm always obsessed with the why the why 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 are these people doing that it's fascinating that that is like that's deep rooted stuff like we've been talking about i think in most of these vigilante episodes where men are just doing horrific things to the women who are deemed by the culture that they're living in as weak and powerless. And they choose instead of being like, that's bullshit. They're like, let me exploit and then hurt. Yeah. That's where education is so important. And Absolutely. they, and some leaders need, and like, um, you know, lead by example kind of thing. Need, it needs to change. Absolutely. Well, were, were we talking about the other day about, um, in religion, like, Adam and Eve, uh, you know? Yeah, we were talking about that last night. We had like a very interesting kind of conversation because about... Because it's a very religious... It's a, like a Catholic m- It's primarily Catholic, absolutely. And so like I've been reading this, this book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is basically how women have been taught to be a certain thing from a very young age. But then yeah. it also really goes into how men have also been taught from a very yeah. young age and how we need to like free ourselves of these notions absolutely. of like women are soft and pretty and boys are tough and manly and don't have like sensitive feelings about stuff. But yeah, something that I think really goes to the heart of it. So even if you are a a, a wealthy US citizen, but your family takes you to church, which is lots of people in this country, mm-hmm. one of the first things that you learn when you start learning about the Bible, because it's the Genesis story, it is the the beginning of humankind yeah. is the story of Adam and Eve. And so Adam, God created Adam in his image. So men are godlike already in his image. Then things were cool, but Adam was lonely. So he then took, I think it was like the rib bone or something. Yeah, but like, his own rib. But grew a female from the body of Adam. So woman really is womb man so like women came from the womb of a man mm. which is laughable let's just make real because that's not how that works <laughs> but then that continues so then things are good for a while and all god said was don't eat those apples don't learn anything i think is the you know the not mm-hmm. said translation to that and eve decides one day that with apparently the help of a, a serpent that yeah. she is just, she has to know she, it's forbidden. Therefore she can't resist the temptation. She, by the way, just she, and then she tricks and convinces in her feminine wiles to get Adam to also take a bite of the apple. God then like smotes them. Shame now exists. Sin now exists yeah. and peace and beautiful harmony. And the Eden that we've all been taught yeah. from this story is no longer allowed to exist because of the acts of Eve. But even back to like Pandora's box, right? Yeah. That story, which I can't tell you with most certainty exactly what it is, but like she's the one who opens, opens the, box the box and yeah. unleashes evil into the world. Right. It just, so it's like, all why do we hate stories? women so deeply? I don't know. And I think that it's, you know, people in power really, really want to keep their power as we're seeing played out in front of us every single day, like mm-hmm. to lose 
power to the powerful is like to lose it all. And so I think that when men realized that for whatever reason, they had the power, it was in their best interest to make sure that they kept it. So then stories started, you know, like these folklores or the Bible, you know, that all of Christianity reads and believes and and judaism right and yeah absolutely and all of it and so it's these it's a way to say like women can't be trusted and they need to be they need to be minded or they're going to do these things that then will wreak havoc on the world when really i think if you (laughs) took all of that away and were like curiosity is beautiful and wanting to to try something new or learn something just to use like the the story of the apple mm-hmm. you know is not a is not a a sign of like sin or weakness it's a sign of curiosity and intelligence to know that there's That's a possibility so for something that is so something true. more than what you have in front of you and then also when someone tells you not to do something. That's not a female instinct to rebel against that. That's a human instinct. Exactly. Everyone is like, my kids right now, if I'm like, don't go into that room, there's blah, blah, blah. And that's the first thing they're going to do. That's yeah, the only thing they want to do now. <clears throat> yeah. That's amazing. So I just thought a little yeah, context for where this story takes place. But now you guys just get ready. I can't believe how cool this story is. Okay. So the it, this story is entitled Diana, the bus driver hunter. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start with the first murder. It happened, it was 2013, it happened at 7.45 a.m. on August 28th, when a woman hailed a bus, and she got in, she shot the driver, and his name was, he was 45-year-old Jose Roberto Flores Carrera. The driver tried to escape, but died on the sidewalk, and witnesses said that the killer appeared to be a middle-aged woman with blonde hair, or maybe a wig, it was like dyed, and a hat on, plaid shirt and jeans. And no one saw how she escaped or no one gave any clues of how no she one escaped. No one said anything about how she got away. The second murder happened 24 hours later on the same route. A woman stepped on the bus and a few blocks later requested a stop. You know, bing bong. she walked up to the exit by the driver, 32-year-old Freddy Zarate Morales, and went in to pay for the bus. But then instead, pulling out money, pulls out a gun and whispers, Ustedes se creen muy chingones, which means you all think you're so tough in the driver's ear and shot him in the head twice. And she ran away. One day, I know, crazy, right? So I'm sort of starting in the end, you know? I like what you're doing. One day later, multiple media outlets in Ciudad Juarez, Ciudad means city, um, and El Paso, so many media outlets, because like you said, it was like it's, I mean, they, essentially they, they the same. They're basically the same, crazy. same city with like a little bridge between them. Reported receiving an email from a sender claiming to be the killer, and it read, You think that because we are women, we are weak. And that may be true, but only up to a point, because even though we have nobody to defend us and we have to work long hours until late into the night to earn a living for our families, we can no longer be silent in the face of these acts that enrage us. We are victims of sexual violence from bus drivers working in the maquila night shifts here in Juarez. And although a lot of people know about the things we've suffered, Nobody defends us, nor does anything to protect us. That is why I am an instrument that will take revenge for many women. For we are seen as weak, but in reality, we are not. 
We are brave. And if we don't get respect, we will earn that respect with our own hands. We, the women of Juarez, are strong. And it was signed, Diana Hunter of Bus Drivers. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Because Diana the Huntress is like a famous... Oh, I'm going to get oh, into, get into it. Yes. Okay, sorry. No, yes. I mean, we can... Let's hear. Hold on. Let me go to the... Oh, no. Keep... you Go with your flow okay. here. But yes. So it's the whole thing. But so from the early 1990s and early 2000s, hundreds and hundreds of women and young girls were similarly murdered in Ciudad Juarez. And just another extra fact... Um, According to Amnesty International report, 370 young women and girls were killed in Ciudad Juarez between 1993 and 2005, but more. Right. And then you don't think that's accurate, right? Right. Because so so many of them are never found. Exactly. So a lot of of girls were killed on this bus route, the specific bus route, too. That's so funny because that's what I was telling you. I was like, well, apparently there were these factories that the women would have to take buses into town and it was the only job so women who didn't live in Juarez were coming from like small towns outside of it and riding the green buses yeah well so the crazy thing is those buses are actually old school buses from the U.S. just a side note and the other thing that's I think sort of worthy to note is that in Juarez you know, pe- men will come from El Paso to sort of get their sexual fantasies delivered because there's less, way less regulations on drugs and, you know, um, everything. Yeah. And like so the, the law doesn't, doesn't really, that's why so many things happen in these border cities because yeah. it's not like the cartels aren't operating in El Paso, but the police will investigate it if a body is found in El Paso. And yeah. apparently they don't really. Exactly. And, I mean, I think about it, you know, I remember. I don't know about El Paso and Juarez, but I remember even like, because I lived on the West Coast growing up all the way up to Washington State, but I remember people talking about like driving down to Tijuana to do, oh, yeah. like, you know, young guy, young kids, mostly dudes, like no girl's going to be like, yeah, let's go, let's go to, to Tijuana. a strip club yeah. or get some But young boys or guys that are like... I remember hearing lots of stories and like people getting held up and all kinds of things. But like, so it was sort of a known place of like, um, you know, we're in high school and like, let's go. Yeah, it isn't crazy. I mean, I'm not saying that that's their problem. But so that was one thing that was happening in Juarez. And then also the factories that would like really cheap labor put be putting yeah, together. They were making $55 a week. And most of the women who worked in the factories, well, most of the people who worked in the factories were women as young as 13. Yeah. So it's like, this is, th- that is human trafficking right there. Yeah. I mean, like, and they're like big, powerful corporations that were like running the factories that is sick. for the cheap labor. I am very upset by that. So... Anyways, okay, so we're talking about these women who are, you know, disappeared, similarly murdered in Ciudad Juarez between the early 1990s to the 2000s. Um, They all disappeared after boarding buses, or many of them. Their bodies were often found weeks or months later, raped, strangled, and dumped in the desert or vacant lots. And of course, the city, the police did nothing. First, they deny the problem. No, 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 that's not happening. Then they played it down. And then... They would blame the lifestyle of the victims and their families. Right. Classic, like, rape culture. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, it's your fault. You shouldn't have been wearing that wearing that dress. She's like, you should have been getting on that bus so late. It's like, well, I have to work. Yeah. And you know That's what? That's kind of similar to, remember, um, Paul, Ber- Ber- Kamoka, the oh, kid and Barbie yeah. killers, and yes. how he was grabbing women who are working late at night. Yes, and then I remember the police, that. even in Canada, were like, women shouldn't be riding the bus alone. And it's like, fuck off, you man. Know, we I should a be job. safe. We That's... should be able to do whatever we want. We should be able to do whatever you can do without being raped and killed. And I think something that 
I feel frustrated and confused about is, and especially, you know, not especially, but like when the Me Too movement came and everybody's coming out and everybody has a crazy story about some creepy dude doing something, yeah. maybe not, maybe not raping you, but doing something like just really inappropriate. Really bad and inappropriate. It's just like, what the hell, dudes? What is wrong? Why is it that you think that you can do that to an innocent person or like right. to, a, to a, to a female in your proximity? And I know it happens to like boys too and stuff like that, but like really, yeah. why prey on the weak? What is that? Right. I'm all about vigilantes. And I fucking love Di- I'm angry. Um, Diana, the bus huntress, for being like, you think we're weak, but we're not. Yeah. Suck a DB. And we're pissed now. So watch Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So, so, so it's a, the city did nothing yet, right? And then, but several bus drivers were arrested in connection with those killings. But the cases against them always appeared pretty weak or their confessions, confessions were like coerced, which is happens because right. the police were like, you can, I'm going to, one driver had his conviction overturned and his co-defendant, another bus driver died in prison before sentencing. But the women of Juarez, it is widely known that being by yourself on a bus is dangerous. So like, you know, they would say, you know, if you're going to be, if you're alone on the bus, make sure and have a pen ready to stab somebody. Right. The same way we're told to hold our, like, our car our keys, keys if we yeah. go to a parking lot. Well, I will also just to add with the, um, those bus drivers that they arrested, one of the arguments against the fact that the police were like, there, we got them, we're done. And they had coerced is that the, the murders continued happening after they had arrested these bus drivers and yeah. put them in jail. And the, all of the MO and what had been done to the victims was the exact same as the so-called, crimes that these guys were in prison right. for. And so that's when the women were like, no, you didn't do your job. You forced some bus drivers to say they were guilty so you could stop looking into it. Ex- that is absolutely true. I mean, there's definitely a serial killer or a couple people who are like, this right. is how we can, I don't know. I mean, 400 plus women feels impossible for it to be like a lone serial killer, but it is, exactly. it is a serial killer culture of whoever these Fem- men are. Femicide. Of, of femicides. Femicide. Of whoever, whoever these whoever these men are who committed these crimes, like clearly they have like an idea of what they're going to do, how they're going to, where they're going to put the bodies. And this also, it also reminds me of our first episode in India where it's like, they just don't think it's that bad. Right. It's just, it's crazy though. They're like killing women. It makes me, I'm so past, I'm so past, I'm past. In an article about Diana, the bus driver hunter on NPR, the reporter Yuri Herrera went to Juarez and started interviewing women and, you know, who rode that bus on that particular route. And most were absolutely too afraid to like say comment. Yeah. They didn't want anything to do with him. But one woman, her name was Laura, said that if she saw Diana, she would congratulate her. In a city where justice rarely brings results, it makes sense to me that someone would finally get fed up and snap. So, that, I mean, I add, that's my that's me saying that. But yeah. so she would congratulate her. But so Laura also talks about an experience. Her, this the reason she felt so like screw these men and go Diana. Right. Is she talks about an experience her sister had when an armed man broke into her house and sexually assaulted her. She saw this. She saw his face. Her sister saw his face and knew it was somebody in the neighborhood. The sister wanted to report it to the police, but Laura and her, the dad or whatever the family, her, they were their anger. They wanted to instead, they're kill like, the guy. just let's kill him, right? Screw it. He'll get away with it if we go to the exactly. Police. Um, <clears throat> and they knew that the how the police work and how she would just be humiliated again by going to the police. So Laura's sister really, she felt strongly. She went to the police anyways. And even though the doctors had said that there was ev- evidence of sexual assault, she says the police questioned her as if she was making it all up. Why didn't she have bruises? Why? What took her so long to report it? 
I mean, give me a freaking break. So all in all, the victims are the ones who suffer. And it really seems to me, and I'm sure many, there is no justice for women in Juarez, certainly. And okay, so another quick example of how unfair and dangerous it is for women. In over 20 years of unresolved crimes against women, martyrs do arise, right? Like, so... In 2008, 16-year-old Ruby Marisol Correro went missing because the police wouldn't, her mother, they wouldn't look into it. Her mother took it into took matters into her own hands, tracked down the boyfriend who confesses in killing her and told and they told them where to find her body. And even with that, he was released from the police due to lack of evidence. What? The mother appealed and he was deemed guilty, but at that point he was on the run. Oh my god. So he confessed, yeah. took them to the body, but then the police are like, we don't really have enough. Yeah. So he gets out yeah. long enough to go on the run, and then they're like, oops, oopsies. Yeah. My God, of course women are going to take matters into their own hands. I feel like, I mean, honestly, all I could be, all I was thinking while I was researching this is like, what could we do? Is this where the um, chastity belt was invented so people right. don't get raped? Like, and maybe it's more of like my own chastity. Yeah, belt? like I choose to wear this. I'm not wearing mm-hmm. this for anyone else. But you know what I mean. Like, back up. Or I feel like we need to arm everybody. A, everybody needs to be you know educated, and the police department does, needs to be not corrupt. But like, there was something else, and this is me. And just, people need to believe women. Yeah, when a woman says that she was sexually assaulted, she was. Sexually assaulted. Well, and I think I think maybe they do, but they don't care. They don't think of it as a bad thing. They think of women as like objects, and yeah. It's the, I mean, it's I guess the, you're right. Like when you even think about when we were covering the East Area rapist, yeah, and how like sexual assault when it became a serial rapist, they were like, "What do we do here?" Because huh. like alone, a standalone woman in the situation, like so it's probably her fault. <laughs> well, also like you need to learn how to protect yourself. And even when we catch the guy, he's only going to serve like three months in jail and pay a fine because it's like a misdemeanor. That's true. That's in And that the was just US. in the 1970s. Yeah. It's it's just, it's so maddening. I do understand the vig- vigilante aspect. And maybe maybe my uh, plight in life will not be vigilantism. It'll be like trying to bring, you know, justice to women or, or maybe even just bringing survival skills, going into Juarez or any of those places. And, just makes me so mad you guys i know and being like you know what a pen isn't gonna do it we're gonna get you a big old can of pepper spray or mace or something and then like a good sharp swiss army knife so if someone actually attacks you you can legitimately fight back that's right let's just let the women like let's just not win make it so that that's even necessary exactly but i i I just keep imagining like a bus a bus driver the woman gets on he's like (laughs) waits until yeah yeah, great they're alone on the bus can't wait to rape this lady. Oh, God. Anyways. And also, that also makes me think of, wasn't that the also the story in India? Was it like a gang rape on a bus? Yeah, absolutely. It's so like public transportation. Because I think about um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. with the, you know, kind of a, a, a rise, is that the right word? But like with things like Uber and Lyft coming into play and the number of women who've been sexually assaulted yeah. as passengers in those kinds of things. Because that's just a person who... Cleared a preliminal, like clearly not super deep dark background check. And yeah. now people believe I, they're safe getting into cars. And, and I know someone who was assaulted and she got out of it. Right. And then I also know someone who tried to start their own uh, taxi business. It was women only. I've heard that that's actually and, in but lots But she of- was like being, like she was tamped down because especially in New York, the taxi... 
Right. Well, that lobby. was already They're like, like a big thing with this. This was the, and this was actually pre Uber. I remember her. She lived in our building. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyways, I remember that, and she tried to. She just was like, women need to feel safe, and so our my aim to start this company was like women owned, women drivers. Right. Only women picking only. up women. Yeah. I've heard. I think I heard an NPR thing about a woman, and I don't remember which country that she was living in, but she was very young, like 18 years old and had basically gotten like the go ahead for a startup for a female. I think that's smart. Only um, like public transportation option. So it would be cabs or drivers, but mm-hmm. they would only be women. Only women could use their services. So a man couldn't even get in the car right. as the passenger. Right. Um, and it's just to me, it's astonishing that that's even something that someone needed to come up with. But it also needs to be fully funded. It does. And come into existence until we can somehow figure out and how to change. And this is like the hard thing, how being a mother to a, a person who is a woman or a daughter, you know, have, being myself, I, you know, I definitely, my parents definitely warned me, you know, of certain things. They were pretty, uh, my parents were pretty strict. Um, but I want to warn my daughter as well, or like, make her I want to educate her and keep her safe um she's only seven so it's like when, and I need when, to figure when? out when to do it because I don't want her to live in fear of like it but I also anyways it's complicated yeah and I it can't sucks. even imagine I because can't I don't even imagine my husband doesn't want something to happen to her like I I feel really lucky in my life I've come from women and men who we they see us females as equal oh we're so I'm so lucky but you know what I mean <laughs> right. like no, but really, like, I I just can't imagine that, like, a dad not feeling that way about, about someone else's daughter. And their own, their, and about someone else's daughter, and their own wife. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's it's, just, it's deep, it's complicated. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's such an ugliness. It's such an ugly part of humanity that is pervasive. I'm going to say something crazy. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. Okay, so, listen, we all have our views and whatever. I really believe the next... Con like level level up on con- human consciousness is going to be about uh, the feminine. Like it's this this hate this global sort of like you know betrayal and and killing of of women and t- you know taking advantage of of women. Mm-hmm. There's some some my how we as humans are going to survive and Mother Earth will just thrive. Yes, you will. <laughs> I believe that like the everyone who hasn't yet needs to have a mind shift that we are, you don't kill We're the women, same. You know? We're not, we're not weak or powerless or less than. Yeah. I don't on know like, how to do like that. A, but... Like a molecular level, like to somehow change. That's, I mean, I hope you're right. That's like going to be a huge shift. I hope we see I that in our that lifetime. Yeah. I believe that is it because I think that's, I think that's the root of like, people being, you know, horrible bigots to all kinds of people. Right. I think it's the root is the feminine. Okay. I But that's just me. Okay, great. Love you guys. No, okay, no, so I'm, I'm totally, I'm hearing you. Then, so this is where I was like, this is very interesting and I love this. So the name Diana comes from Roman mythology. Diana the hunter is what she was called. And she was revered as the goddess of the hunt, as well as of wild animals, the moon, childbirth, interesting, children, and she was even associated with fertility um, on an annoying 
aspect she was very like virginal and all those things whatever who cares <laughs> but whatever often she was portrayed that could never just be i know could just like, be like what you want to hear about it. it's like then we gotta add this she's like also, why even add that like, like just what does that have to let do her just it? be the you know anyways often portrayed in a short tunic with a bow and arrow and accompanied by a crescent moon a deer or hunting dogs diana was a badass goddess and a protector also of young children all right. So oh, Diana. There are sculptures everywhere, and there are actually two sculptures of Diana the Hunter in Juarez, which is interesting to me. But there's like, there's some in the Brooklyn Museum. I mean, they're all over the world. Like right. Diana, the Roman goddess, you know, usually with a bow and arrow. And she's like, you know, in many sculptures, she's depicted as muscular, strong, while holding a bow with her arms stretched back, about to shoot, which I think is really cool. And so whoever named her, and even maybe... They don't even know if the person who wrote that email is the person who killed those people. Right. But whoever chose that name. Yeah, knew what they were doing. Yeah. But back to the story of Diana, the bus driver. Or sorry, yeah, Diana, the bus driver hunter. She hasn't been spotted. She has not been spotted since the second murder. And there's no proof that the email, like I said, was signed by Diana, actually came from the woman who did the shootings. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I... I find that to be so fascinating. One, yes, we don't know if that incredibly powerful, awesome, badass email came from the person that did this. But it sounds like, based on what we know about females' experiences on buses, that if it stopped after two, it sounds like maybe those two were picked on purpose. Right. Um I'm just speculating. Obviously, I don't sure? know that. But if it stopped, well, it wasn't like a, a big deal. You well, know? if it wasn't like a broad, like, I'm just going to kill all the bus drivers. It was like yeah. this guy, then this guy, and then nothing. Sounds like who Diana either knew somebody who had been yeah. maybe hurt by these bus drivers or maybe somebody who had been, I don't know if the bus drivers changed their routes and schedules, but, you know, it was that like that, whoever was driving the bus at the time that she committed that the murders. Be. I don't know. I you know what's annoying though too is at, when this happened, all like some of the bus drivers didn't go in because they were scared, um, which then affected the women's ability to get to work that's and make true. money. Which is that's so, true, yeah. That's but it's also like, oh, you're scared. I love that, but that was kind of her point, right? Yeah. Is that for the first time, the the men of Juarez, if you will, or the bus drivers of Juarez? I don't know if it was just men in general, but the bus drivers of Juarez, who apparently notoriously committed like sexual assault against their female passengers felt fear anytime they saw a woman about to get on their bus and how fucking great is that because instead of feeling that like predatory instinct turn on when you see Mm -hmm. a woman hailing your bus you feel fear and then you know what it feels like as a woman anytime a man like starts coming at you you or just walking too close behind you or walking too close behind you or saying stuff to you that's inappropriate yeah. like the fear that come that it's like you feel it in the bottom of your belly and it comes yeah. like all the way up through the top of your head and it's it's real it's primal fear of like i might die right now right and it just and i again i don't want to ever say that this podcast is like we hate men because no, we don't no, 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 no. i think not. i think that most men are wonderful but there is that inequality of like you you know, what is that old saying that like a man's greatest fear is that a woman will laugh at him mm-hmm. and a woman's greatest fear is that a man will murder her. Yeah. And, a, little, a little unequal. There. And that's not fair or no. okay. And so part of me is like, I think it's incredible that a woman who was fed up with that being the status yeah. quo took it upon herself to, I mean, I hope they weren't innocent because that I don't like, but took it upon herself to flip the script and instill 
fear in that primal way to yeah. these men who are known predators in the city. So yeah. again, this is definitely a gray area because we have no proof that those specific bus drivers You're right. did anything. Yeah. Um, but it's a greater failing, I think, of like the, the male culture in that particular area that led to I know this that's feeling that's necessary. where we have to figure out where that how how to help that I don't know I mean there was another story which is like sort of off but like in the twenty I want to even say sixteen women were going missing mm-hmm. like girls or you know young women young women were going missing and they had they found them in a hotel some of them dead. But they were basically tra- sexual traffic. They went missing and right. were held enslaved into a, in a hotel and basically meant to like service, you know, the Americans who came down and they right. were drugged up. And eventually, they it, eventually it was like you well, know shut down. But and right. like a certain group, a criminal group, went to jail. But and then again, the police, like you said, were like, we we found them. We did it. We don't need to go any further. We don't need to keep looking into this. Well, and there, I mean, we could. Because I told you, like, in my research, I had to, like, really draw back. Otherwise, I would have spent, like, three hours being like, and then did you know about this that happens Mm -hmm. there? Um, But it is absolutely crucial to understand that the crimes committed against these women and Juarez are not necessarily committed against them by by Mexican citizens. Right. This is a border town. Border towns specifically from Mexico into the U.S. are notoriously the most dangerous cities. So like Tijuana with Mm -hmm. San Diego. San Diego compared to Tijuana in terms of crime, murder, violence against women, the rates are so drastically different. The same can be said, and that's a two-hour drive. This is a 10-minute drive. And And the crime rates and the murders and the violence against women in El Paso, Texas, are so much lower based solely on the fact that you can get away with it. Right. In Juarez. 100%. And, you know, that's something that I, I read an interesting article about, you know, when Donald Trump basically said, well, all uh, refugees seeking asylum and waiting can't stay in the U.S. They have to wait in Mexico. That that also became a concern because females, especially females on their own, are far more likely to be, like, targeted. Of course. In Mexico where the police won't investigate it. And so it's like just this whole fucked up circular mess that it's just yeah. someone has to pop the this round balloon and be like we start from scratch now and we we change it all i know i agree yeah i love that thank you yeah this thank is- you guys for listening i just i mean even though this is it's so unsettling it's so frustrating and angering like i feel definitely like riled up riled me too, up me too. i also feel like Women are powerful, and whether or not you think that what Diana the hunt the bu- the bus driver Hunter did was right or wrong, what she did mm-hmm. do that I know was right was say that women are not weak, and you have to stop thinking we are because once you keep pushing and pushing, people will always break. They can only be pushed so far. So, like for your own like self preservation, be better to women. I agree. And I'm, I'm on board with that message. I am on board with that message, too. <laughs> hey, Avrin, did you know that according to Mexico's National Commission to Prevent and Eradicate Violence Against Women, on average, six women die a violent death each day in Mexico. So what was the name of that organization? It says the Mexico's National Commission to Prevent and Eradicate Violence Against Women. Yeah, they need to do better then. <sighs> God help us. Hey, Vanya. Did you know that Mexico has the highest rating for impunity? 
And impunity is basically exemption from punishment or freedom from consequences, okay? So that's what impunity is. Mexico has the highest rating for impunity of any country in the Americas, according to the Global Impunity Index. Uh. So from the office of the Global Impunity Index, their statistics office, an example of this that is that in 2017, mm-hmm. 93.2% of crimes committed in Mexico were unreported. So oh people don't even God. bother to commit the crime, like to like report the crimes because no one's ever doing anything about it. Wow. Thank you so much for yes. listening to Rom Crime. Whoop whoop. See you next week. Oh, also rate, review, yeah. subscribe. Tell a friend. Join our Patreon.